Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. What did he do with Hurts, Ethan, first down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, powered by Believe Podcast Network. It's sponsored by betonline.ag, the best sports website around. You don't just have to be a football fan to go enjoy their website. As long as you use promo code, promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V, it will match your initial deposit up to 50%. That's 50% on your initial deposit if you use promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Betonline.ag, bet on the Eagles because they're flying high right now, Ed. We were... We were completely wrong about thinking our score prediction was going to be, you know, it was going to be a tight game, close game. Eagles blew the Giants out, and they 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 sure handed them uh, quite a, an embarrassing playoff loss to end Brian Dabble's rookie year tenure. Uh, it was quite an impressive win for the Eagles. Uh, it seems like they're soaring high into this NFC Championship game against the 49ers. And to me, I don't see how the way this team loses. Uh, fate looks like it's on their side right now. Yeah, I don't I don't know what we were thinking, Connor, thinking it was going to be a close game against the Giants. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they led in the first game, I think, 24 to nothing or 21 to nothing. They went 19 to nothing in the second game, and then they jumped down in this one 21, or actually 28 nothing. So, uh, you know, it just was total domination uh, of the New York Giants this season. And, uh, you know, I, I was kind of hoping to be the Cowboys that would be coming in here um, for the NFC Championship game, but... You know, of course, Dallas couldn't hold up its end of the deal, losing yet again in the divisional round of the postseason. They haven't won a divisional playoff game since 1995, which is just crazy. You know, it's so, funny. Yeah, you're not the only one. Uh, I play, so I, this this could be weird for you to hear, but uh, or understand. But you know, there's a game. It's Grand Theft Auto. Everybody knows that game. Yeah. Uh, there's a computer version, and it's called 5M. It's a modded version, and a bunch of Eagles players play it. And uh, Kenny Gainwell actually made his own server for everybody to join, fans, football players alike, and a, a ton of Eagles players are in it. And they all wanted Dallas because we everybody would ask him like, "Who do you want to play? Who do you want to play?" And they all they kept saying, "We want Dallas. We want to kick their yeah. ass at home." And they literally said that. So yeah, it's a shame. It's I think even the players wanted Dallas too. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that would have been great, you know. But now we get this matchup where these two teams don't really know each other that well, um, you know. And it's funny. Uh, Connor, I was looking at last year's game that they played in the regular season. Um, second game of the of the year, Brandon Graham tore his Achilles in that game. The Eagles lost 17 to 11. But I was looking at the stats, and the leading tacklers uh, on that Eagles team were, uh, let's see, Alex Singleton, he had 11. Uh, Eric oh. Wilson had 10. Anthony Harris had 10. And then there was a tie at seven with – Jannard Avery and Javon Hargrave. I mean, that's crazy. That yeah. that was just a year ago, and, and how different this defense is now. Um, you know, uh, they're not even on the team anymore. Those first four guys. I mean, Anthony Harris is on the practice squad, but they've Praise moved on. on. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a, yeah, it's just a weird thing that, you know, you look at that and you try to find an angle and I saw the tackles and I was surprised. So not a lot of familiarity here with the, the 49ers, obviously two completely different divisions. Don't see each other very often. Um, so both teams are going to have to contend with things they don't see very often. You know, the Eagles are going to have to contend with, uh, you know, this, uh, cro these crossing patterns, the 49ers like to throw, they take, real good advantage of throwing between the hashes. That's where they try to throw the ball. They have Brock Purdy likes to get the ball out quick. Uh, but I don't think the 49ers have seen an RPO offense that the, the, the Eagles run with Jalen Hurts at the controls. So both these teams are going to have to adjust to things they haven't seen much of um, this season and from each other because they don't play each other very often. You know, Brock Purdy's been a great story and all, and he's way overachieved. So you know, all respect to him, all credit to him, anything he's doing. He doesn't turn the ball over. And it's one thing that separates him from Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo was always going to turn over the ball, so he never knew the 49ers were going to win. Brock Purdy, for them, is not turning the ball over. Um, he also hasn't faced a defense like the Eagles. And I also think, you know, their weakest link is on the right side of their O-line with Mike McGlinchey and uh, uh, the right guard. So I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, well, the right side of the Eagles' pass rush is their strongest right now. Uh, not only just Brendan Graham with Hassan Reddick as well, it, this is going to be a lot for the 49ers to handle. I don't, I don't think they've seen a defense like the Eagles uh, at all. So for all this talk about Brock Purdy and how great he's looked, I just don't think he's, this is going to be the toughest test. And to me, this is just another Case Keenum situation where it's a feel-good story until he smacks into a defense like the Eagles have right now. I agree with you. I think it's crazy. It is crazy to see how much difference a year makes personnel-wise for this defense. Yeah. But on the other on the other side too, well, just to just to comment on that, on what you're saying there with Purdy, I mean, he hasn't played. He's only played two road games this year. Um, you know, he's seven and zero as a starter, which is great. But only two of those games have come on the road at Vegas, and I think the other one was in Seattle. Um, and he hasn't had seventy thousand fans on their feet, thirsty for a return to the Super Bowl like they had five years ago. I mean, he's going to have an earful of those fans, and then he's going to get an eyeful of that Eagles defense, I think. And I went back and watched the all 22 uh, of the 49ers Cowboys uh, divisional playoff game. Just watched the first half. And, you know, it seems like when Purdy's first option was taken away, he didn't really try to read much beyond that. And by then the pocket was breaking down and he likes to run to his left and he runs backwards when he's running to his left. So if you're the Eagles and you can scheme that, uh, knowing that that's where he's going to go once that pressure comes up the middle into his face, you know, they're going to Eagles defense could make some big plays in this game for big losses of yards with sacking Purdy. Trip Williams is the best left tackle in the league, and all respect to him. But I mean, again, when you don't care how great your left tackle is, if you're dealing with a speed rusher like Josh Swite, you know, that's yeah. going to get the, eventually that rep is going to be lost. Yeah. But on the other side, like, like I was uh, about to refer to, Everybody always talks about Nick Bosa. Everybody's worried about Nick Bosa. And understandably so, Nick Bosa is arguably going to be the defensive player of the year. Now, but my thing is, when you have Jeff Stoutland and Lane Johnson in the mix, well, Jeff Stoutland has schematically neutralized top edge rushers game after game after game. We have nothing but track records to go off of. We would take the whole entire podcast reviewing that. Lane Johnson as well. I mean, even if a 50, like we said, a 50% Lane Johnson, he would have played the whole entire game if it was actually a challenging game against the Giants. He was perfectly fine. I know that's what we were worried about, but he he held his own and he he kept the Giants in check too, Kayvon Thibodeau. 
So if you neutralize Nick Bosa, which I think you can do, I think the only other person on that defensive line that's going to give you fits so you get to worry about is Rick Armstead. Uh, if you can neutralize Nick Bosa by double teaming him and taking him out of the game, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I yeah. really don't know. I mean, other than the linebackers, the 49ers secondary is nothing to be really afraid of. Uh, I think AJ Brown's going to get his justice served against the 49ers. Yeah. If you ask me. Yeah. I, um, I, we, I talked to Jordan Malata in the locker room today. A bunch of us did. And um, he was saying that you know, he was asked about Bosa and what makes him da- so dangerous. And he said that what makes him dangerous is because he can line up on both sides and he's no less of a pass rusher on either side. Like he can, he can still bring it from the left and the right. So you don't know where he's going to be. You know, they mix up their pass rushers on the edges. So it's not just, you know, Lane Johnson against Kayvon Thibodeau for 65 snaps right. in a game, you know, or whatever it is. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's going to be facing Bosa and he's going to be facing another pass rusher and then same with Mulata. So they, they like to flip him around from one side to the other. And that's what Mulata says makes him dangerous because he's no less of a pass rusher on the left than he is on the right. He's very good coming from both sides. So the Eagles are going to have to be aware of him. It was interesting when we talked to Dallas Goddard, uh, he mentioned that he's looking forward to matching up with Bosa. You know, the Eagles don't typically leave their tight ends in the block. They usually keep their uh, tackles on an island. But you wonder if, okay, you know, maybe Goddard's going to chip or Stoll's going to chip against Bosa when they go out for a pass, you know, just to give him that extra bump coming off the line because, you know, he he's dangerous. There's no doubt that he can wreck a game. In fact, in that game last year in the regular season I was just talking about, he had two sacks. So, you know, he's coming. And the Eagles have to be aware of it. And they may have to use a tight end to chip occasionally or a running back to chip. Um, you know, we'll see. But you're right. They do scheme up well against these pass rushers. But, again, Bosa's in a, on a whole different level. Uh, best pass rusher I think they're going to see this year. They didn't play T.J. Watt against the Steelers. Uh, so this is the best. He's the best of the best. And the Eagles are going to have to find a way to make sure he doesn't wreck the game. What did you make of this whole A.J. Brown situation anyway from the divisional game? I know he was only got saw three targets. Uh, there's either complaints of an injury, but then there's a complaints of frustration. What did you make of all this? Yeah, I was surprised. Um, you know, I was asked about that before, uh, earlier in the week. And, uh, you know, I think, listen, he's not a diva wide receiver. I mean, he doesn't come across that way, but you know, it, it's the playoffs and this, the, the lights are a little bit brighter. This is when you make your bones as a, as a player, because all eyes are on you, right? It's the, it's the only game in town. You're the only game on TV. Your peers are watching you. The audience is bigger. So, you know, he wanted to go out and, you know, maybe make a statement and show, hey, I'm A.J. Brown. And, you know, I had 1,500 yards receiving this year. And uh, this is why. But it didn't happen that way. So I think he was frustrated. Um, I, I know he got the ball was overthrown. Hurts overthrew him on one play in the end zone. Would have been a touchdown. That Hurts put that ball in the money. Maybe he's a little frustrated with that. Um, but, but having said that, I, I do think that it wouldn't surprise me if we heard after the season that he has surgery on something, um, because I, I think there is something a little bit more to, uh, you know, what his body's going through. Um, so we'll see. I think an injury is is playing a part in this as well. I think he's frustrated. Maybe he can't do some of the things that he would like to do um, on the field because of the injury. So I, I think it's a couple things um, to be honest, but I, I was surprised that he kind of, came across in that light with, with uh, you know, not catching more than the three passes for 22 yards that he had against the Giants. That's a good point. That's a really good point. I did think about that. Maybe that could be a frustration. I and, mean, of course, no player is going to 
fully diagnose himself or announce an injury that he's going right. through. It's a disadvantage for the player to do so. So that that's interesting. That's a good take. That's a really good take. That's a good thing to ponder yeah. on. Uh, Miles Sanders, he said this, you know, a couple of weeks back, and you know, I I don't know if we could fully say he's gotten his full flowers yet uh, through the Eagles fan base and for what he's done this season. I mean, it's been the season that the Eagles had from running back since uh, Shady McCoy was wearing the midnight green. So you want to be an Eagle for, for life. You think anything has changed? I mean, especially after it's funny. I, I talked to a couple of friends after this, uh, this Giants game. Now they're all, they're, they're ready to move on to the Kenny Gamewell era. They're all, <laughs> they're all ready to keep going. I'm like, Hey, Kenny Gamewell looked amazing. He's ready to take over. Miles Sanders on the last year of his deal. This is it. Uh, we're ready for the Kenneth Gamewell era. Let's get another rookie running back to Paris. And I'm like, let's pump the brakes. Uh, I think Miles <laughs> Sanders had such a phenomenal year and the Eagles have yearned for it since 2014. I'm not so quick to, you know, pull the plug and look at this running back market. There's already talks of Saquon. I know he said he didn't want to reset it, but he already turned down a $12 million per year. Um, ton of good free agent running backs. Tony Pollard's injured now, but he's, he's expected to be fine. It started free agency. The draft is loaded. Uh, I know you, you talked about, you, 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 you know, you kind of, you kind of foresaw this situation happening. It was funny. You wrote about this in the off season. Like what happens if Miles Sanders has this great year that he has pro bowl year and what do the Eagles do then? What is your gut telling you that they do now? Uh, I think they'll make him an offer. I don't think, you know, I think Miles is probably going to want to take the money. The highest bidder offers him. Um, but I, I'm not so sure he's, he's pretty, you know, you try and pin him down. I talk to him a lot, to be honest, about uh, where he stands. And um, he does like being here. He, he loves the fact that he's played in the state of Pennsylvania his entire life. He likes the fact that this offensive line is terrific. He likes the fact that Jalen Hurts opens up running lanes that probably wouldn't be there if, uh, you know, it's a different quarterback, which he would have if he leaves. So, you know, I, he might be willing to take a little bit less than, you know, what he might be offered, which I think he will be offered. Um, you know, but will it be enough? Like, I don't know what the Eagles are going to try to bring him back on. Um, but he, he understands that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. He gets it. He gets it that, that this team is plays to his strengths. And, and that's hard to leave, you know. Uh, but, again, he's a running back, short shelf life for running backs in the NFL, obviously. Um, he's been in the league now since when did he come in the league? 2019. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, you know, he's coming up on that five-year shelf life they talk about with running backs. So, uh, you know, I think the Eagles would like to have him back, but it's going to probably be at their number. And I don't think that number is going to be high enough. So I think Miles Sanders is probably going to leave. It really depends on how the market uh, materializes for him. I think, you know, I mean, again, yeah. with yeah. the strong draft class, yeah. strong free agent class, you know, he, I hate to break it to him, but it's one year of consistent effort that he's shown on record too. I think that might be factored into a situation when you're thinking, talking about paying a running back, but again, you're right. He has a special year and there's, it's a running back starved league. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I was just, th- that, that was something I pondered real quick. You know, you, you kind of foresaw this situation happening and now it's, you know, it's really going to happen. It's either sure. these are the last couple of games with Miles Sanders or not, uh, especially after that explosion effort from Kenneth Gainwell yeah. against the Giants that really shot. I think it shocked a lot of people. But uh, I mean, I, to me, I always thought Kenneth Gainwell was a great runner. Uh, I just think 
the situations he was used in, people didn't expect him to be used in such ways because of, of the dynamic skill set he offers. But I think he's a really good runner. He's a good grinder of the yards, and I think he proved proved himself a little bit against the Giants. Yeah. And yeah. what better time yeah. to have these guys with the fresh legs run this way than mm-hmm. this time of the season when everybody's worn down? Kenny Gainwell has kind of been pigeonholed as the third down back. And, you know, that might be what he is his entire career. I don't know. I mean, I, we'll see if the Eagles give him a chance to, you know, be kind of that lead back next year. Um, if Sanders were to leave, I, I tend to doubt it. I think he's a third down back. You know, he's a guy that they can use out of the backfield. They can give him the ball to spell whoever that lead back is. But, I, you know, I think he is what he is. I think he's a third down back who can catch the ball. And, you know, most of his catches have come over the final six or seven uh, weeks of the season, you know, he got off to a pretty bad start. He didn't have a good summer. He wasn't really reliable catching the ball. Uh, I don't know what was bothering him. I don't know what was up with him, but Nick Sirianni kind of, you know, yelled at him in a practice, a joint practice out in Cleveland. I was there. It was pretty embarrassing for Gainwell. The coach just, you know, yelling at him, yanking him out of the lineup. And, and maybe that affected him because they didn't have a lot of confidence in him to start the season. Um, but now that's grown. And Gainwell's role has grown. And, you know, I think he could be an X factor in the passing game against the Niners. Um, You know, maybe not so much the running game. I mean, I know he had a buck 12 against the Giants, you know, 35 yards came, you know, in garbage time, so to speak, you know, that 35 yard touchdown run. But um, I think he is what he is. I think he's, you know, you're not going to rely on him to be your lead back. I think he is what he is. He's third down guy can spell the lead back, but if they lose Sanders, they're going to have to go find one. Uh, maybe in the draft. So it wasn't a noticeable amount, but it felt like it was. Zach Pascal was on the field for more snaps than Quez Watkins. Is that surprising to you, or is that something that we expect going further? Well, you know, the coaches, you know, Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni said it's a matchup thing. That's that's what the reason was. Right. But, you know, it had been so long <laughs> since we'd seen the matchup favor Pascal playing more snaps than Watkins. So there's probably something more. Uh, to that, you know, maybe get him a little more involved. I mean, he had his first catch since Christmas Eve against the Cowboys, you know, against the Giants. So, you know, he had gone, you know, not quite a month, but he'd gone a while between catches. But, you know, I think, you know, Quez hasn't really uh, shown much. You know, he was a little disappointing kind of having Gardner Minshew not fighting hard enough for two throws that led to interceptions against Dallas. Um, but I'll say this, remember last year, again, referencing the game they played the second week of the last season, he had that big 91-yard catch, you know. And, and in this game, the, the 49ers, if they have a weakness, it's giving up 25, it's giving up the explosive plays, 25-plus or more yards. They, they're in the bottom five and allowing the most 25-plus uh, plays in the NFL. And, you know, if you can get Watkins free on a deep pass, Who's to say that he won't, you know, latch onto a 70-yard pass or, you know, A.J. Brown won't go deep from the plus side of the field for a 40-yard touchdown, you know? I mean, we've seen that many times with him and Hurts this year. So, you know, I think for the Eagles to kind of get the explosive play game going, they're going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to kind of set that up with some play action stuff. So they're going to have to run it effectively and then take their chances with the deep shots. And I think Quez is their best suited receiver to do that. So I don't think Pascal will have more snaps than Quez this week. I think that was just kind of a one-off, you know, maybe sending a little bit of a message to Quez to say, you know, you got to play a little harder. Maybe you even have to practice a little harder. We're not allowed to see practices. We don't know what he's doing at practice. But, you know, maybe that was kind of a subtle message to say, man, 
you know, there's no tomorrows now. And, you know, you weren't playing up to what we hope to our standard is at the end of the regular season. So we're going to go with Zach, a more experienced guy, a guy who hadn't been much of a factor uh, in a passing game. It still really isn't. But, I mean, he did have more snaps than Quez. Devontae Maddox is back in practice. It seems like he might good chance to play. He will. This weekend. I think he will. He will. He will play. I think so. Right. He did. He said he, he, he said he's day to day, but then, you know, the more you stand there for 10 minutes talking to him and getting the same kind of questions, like, well, what do you think? You're, you think you're going to play? You know, he finally said, listen, my toes fine. Uh, take that for what you want. But uh, you know, he wants to be at a hundred percent. You know, he doesn't want to go out there at 80% or 90%. You know, he wants to go out and give a hundred percent effort confident that the toe will hold up uh, that he'll come out of the game fine um so you know and again the whole competitive advantage thing he's not going to come out and say yeah i'm playing so he's day-to-day but my take on the whole thing spending 10 minutes talking to him is he's going to play absolutely insane and you brought this take up last week and i think we should reiterate it again because it's a great point that i haven't heard many people uh point out Absolutely insane that they're at this point in the season and they're all, they pretty much have almost every starter. Like that's insane. I mean, back even in the Super Bowl season, you were losing half your starters. Like this season, yeah. not so much. Like not at all. Like except for your really your punter. Like, <laughs> crazy. It's yeah. crazy. And it really goes back to what you said last week when you're saying, "Oh, we you know we criticize these less physical practices, but look where we are now." And I mean, honestly, true. It is such a long season. And I was talking about that with some of the other writers, like we're, we're trudging over from the media house to the, you know, to the Novacare where they have their interviews. And it's like, man, it's just, this is like week 20. These guys have been, pra- and we just have to watch practice right. or talk to these guys or write stories. These guys are playing man for, for since like the end of July, you know, <laughs> until that's six months. Yeah. So yeah, you, you have to be able to map, you have to be able to see the big picture uh in in that situation you can't come out like dan campbell didn't you know hit 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 in july and august and then expect this time of year although the lions did play pretty well down the stretch but still this playoff thing is a whole nother ball game man you're you're playing here we're, we're you know the end of january and, and the season's still going on and it's long it's a grind it's a grind for just guys like me just you know trudging back and forth to practice the locker room and stuff and i'm not even putting the pads on so you know, I, I get it. I, I completely understand now that that mindset of, hey, we, we got to look at the marathon picture, not the sprint picture. We got to be ready to be playing in December and January healthy. And, and you're right. They pretty much are for Aaron Sippus. I mean, Lane Johnson's dealing with the uh, torn groin and Jalen's got the, you know, a little bit of a shoulder thing now. And Miles Sanders had a knee. I mean, you know, there's there's bumps and bruises, but guys are managing it. They're getting the right treatment and they're answering the bell here as we, you know, a, a week away from February. This could potentially be it for J.C. Kelsey and Brandon Graham and, and you know, and Fletcher Cox is Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. Yeah. What's your feeling? Uh, I, don't, I know Fletcher Cox. I don't think he's going to retire. But what's, no, your no. Feeling on, what's your feeling on Kelsey and Graham? Cox was asked about that. He said, no, he's not even thinking about it. He said yeah. he's still productive and, you know, but he's looking forward to free agency. So, you know, he didn't say that, but, you know, he said this is going to be his first time as a free agent, even though we had that 48-hour period last year. When that was not a him. fake free agency. Yeah, for him, that yeah. wasn't really. Yeah, it was a fugazi. But, uh, you know, he's he you know he's probably going to test the free agency and see what's out there. So I, I don't I don't know if he's coming back. Oh, he's going to Cleveland. He's going to go team up with Jim Schwartz in Cleveland, I think. Yeah, that's a good – that's a really good point. Yeah. He very I think well that's could. I think that's – once you have a defensive coordinator that knows you and loves you and – 
needs you to help implement a system. Because I, I, there's no way the Eagles are prioritizing Fletcher Cox over Javon Hargrave. Yeah. There's no way. It's, it's, it's over point. with now. It, great. That's love great him. Point. Absolutely love the guy. Eagles legend forever. But uh, they know. They thought it last year, to be honest with you. I, I honestly did think at some point in the middle of the season, they got to the point where they were like, dang, like we really just brought him back because of how much emotional attachment we have to him. We got to go out and get a little ball Joseph and Namaka Sue now because this is how much we screwed that up. Yeah, but you know, he's got that intangible thing too in the locker room. I mean, guys really look up to Fletch. And I love um, Fletcher Cox. And I, he, he's just he didn't have a, a bad really, season. He didn't no. have a huge, really bad season in his terms. But he didn't have a $14 million season either. I mean, but you can't put a price on what he brings into that locker room. Um, you know, it, it, it's just, it's amazing to me how the guys do gravitate towards him and the leadership that he shows. I mean, he, he is a true leader and he carries himself that way. And that, and that goes miles in a locker room that goes no, no pun intended there, Connor, but no, that goes, that goes very, very far inside a, a professional locker room. And I think the Eagles would be losing something in that department if they were to let him go. Um, but I think they'll probably try to bring Graham back. I think Graham wants to play. I think Graham's shown that he can play in if used properly, um, you know, the 20 play per game package. Um, and, and Kelsey, I, I don't know, man. He's playing at a high level, Kelsey. He's really playing some of his best football. But again, it, it, like I just mentioned, it's a grind. It's a long season. It, it takes its wear and tear on the body. You know, he's 30. What is he? 34. Um, 33, 34, 34. Yeah. Eventually. I mean, that, that, that you're going to say, yeah, I'm playing at a high level, but it takes an awful lot to get this body ready to play and, uh, managing my way through a six month football season where you're hitting guys and you're constantly banging heads against other guys. And that that's tough. So listen, if the Eagles win a Super Bowl. I think he's gone. I think he'll I think you rise off the sunset too. I mean, I, you, yeah. wait, there's one huge thing that you're missing here that you didn't mention. Guess what he does now? That is the biggest thing in his life other than football. Podcasting. That's yeah, what I'm saying. That podcast yeah. is huge. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, that would give him time to do that. It would kind of be a hobby for him, probably. You know, the once a week thing with his bro. Um, Travis. I mean, obviously, Ed and I know that he's playing through it already, but I mean, he started this podcast mid-season. I mean, yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff that he's got going on. I, I, I don't know. I just see him right. I think he always envisioned himself riding off into the sunset. And now that he has the opportunity potentially to do so, uh, especially after last year, we thought it was it for him last year, but he saw something special brewing here. He came back. Yeah. He's obviously right in doing so. So, I mean, I think. I, I, think, I think he's gone. Even if, even if he doesn't want a Super Bowl, you're right. He could, he could be gone. Um, and, and again, another guy like Fletch, it, it, it's beyond the, beyond the on the field stuff with these guys, it's, it's the locker room stuff too. I mean, these guys are just, you know, leaders in the way they carry themselves and the way they practice hard every single day, you know, that, that sets the tone. And you're hoping some of these younger guys like, uh, you know, Cameron Jurgens and, you know, some of these guys. Jordan Davis. Be, yeah. They Jordan hope these Davis. guys soak this up because these are the replacements. Exactly. You're hoping that they're learning by watching and practicing hard every day. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, the, 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 when those guys leave, it's going to be tough to fill their shoes, regardless of how you feel like they play. Uh, it's going to be some very, very big shoes that they leave behind. You know what's wild? I said the Teagles are fully healthy, and everybody else always says this too, but how disrespectful are we to Derek Barnett? I completely, yeah. People forget he's on the team. 
Like, I think he, I think they might bring him back. I mean, he's on a two-year gonna... deal. I don't, I oh, mean, right, he is. So you're yeah, right. So I mean, it depends. Well, I mean, again, you know, if at this point, it depends what that money is on the on the on the last year. I think this it's might like be cap th- cuttable. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to look at it, but I think I did look at it recently. I think it's like three point two million in caps against the caps. Something yeah, like they that. Might so, keep him. They might yeah, keep him. it's not bad. It's not terrible. I think they will keep him. I, I really do. I mean, he's still like. 26, 27, he's still really oh, young. I mean, he's thought of differently in that organization than the natural fan perception is. He's, yeah, so, I mean, he was a first round pick who had a great rookie year, by the way. People forget that. He's a good yeah. hustle player. He had I five sacks. I, he had five sacks, had a big sack in the NFC Championship game against the Vikings when they're sitting at the 20 yard line, down 14 to seven, looking to tie the game or kick a field goal when he sacks, strip sacks, uh, Case Keenum. Uh, he came up with the fumble recovery on the Brandon Graham stra- uh, strip right. sack in the Super Bowl. I mean, he had a really, really good rookie season. Ben, people forget that. Um, you know, has his well, career. He's been nowhere close to it since, so that's the only no, problem. Right, he really hasn't. And a lot of it's been injuries. So, you know, maybe the Eagles view it as say he was a first-round pick, and we saw what Brandon Graham did. Brandon struggled with injuries early, you know, the microfracture uh, surgery, the microsurgery. That's a good point. Knee. Um, and, and now look at Brandon now, you know, beloved. Um, so, you know, maybe they view it that way and Hey, 3.2 million. I know we're not going to have a lot of money to spend. Maybe we restructure that. Maybe we bring that down a little bit, but 3.2 million isn't a bad investment. Uh, if I have that number, right. Um, I remember it not being too much, but if, if that's that sounds right, that sounds right. Cause I think it was like a $6 million contract that he signed for. Yeah. It's not, it's not that bad. Uh, for a guy that was your number one pick and, you know, who has just had some injury issues that he hasn't been able to overcome and stay healthy for a full year. I mean, look, you, you we've said this ever since we started this podcast, you know, you're not going to have all-stars at every single position and he's no. good depth to have for a hustle player that he is. I mean, I agree with you. I think he's going to be back, but. Although All right, Ed, year, so th- this year it does feel like the Eagles have all-star players in every position. It really does, and it's <laughs> going to be a tough, tough offseason to go yeah. through that uh, departure part that we're kind of hinting at right now. Yeah. All right, Ed, what is your prediction? What do you think they do? I think the Eagles win thirty-one to seventeen. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's. So I, the, I smashed the over. Yeah. What is the over under forty-seven? Like two and a half. Oh yeah, the line. Uh, well, I, I think both teams get this into the twenties. Although I'm, well, I don't know about Brock Purdy. I just you don't know what to make of that guy. I mean, no rookie quarterback has ever won a championship game, right? I think they're zero for four. You know, four four players have tried it, like Sean King did, Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Flacco. They lost as rookies in the championship game. I mean, no, no quarterback's done that. So yeah, that's a that's a pretty hard trend to overcome. Uh, I think the Eagles win, uh, and I think both teams get it into the 20s. I think the Eagles win something like 20, 27 to 21, something like that, or 27-24. I think it's going to be a close game, but you might have it right. I thought that it was going to be a close game against the Giants. What the heck? What did I know? I probably would have predicted five years ago a close game against the Vikings, and it was 38-7. to 7, so. Exactly. And I, uh, I just think it's just so creepy how yeah. similar this, stuff, this situation is. Yeah, creepy as hell. Because yeah. this really does seem like he's Keenum all over again to me. The good feel good story that you already knew wasn't going to last. Because I don't yeah. think Brock Purdy. I mean, again, that's a whole different debate for a whole different day. But I still think that that team. You know, they've asked so many first round picks in Trey Lance. I still think it's his team. But we'll see. That's 
we're not a 49ers podcast, we're an Eagles podcast. So right, right. who do you think who do you think the Eagles, since we both think the Eagles are one of the Super Bowl, I mean go to the Super Bowl, who do you think they play? I think they play the Bengals. I do too. I think that ankle injury that Mahomes has. He wasn't limping though. I did he did leave that presser and he didn't have a limp. It was noticeable that he didn't have a limp, but I know I thought I said the same thing until I saw that. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. The line even changed after they saw that. So we'll <laughs> see. But uh I don't know. There's Pat Mahomes is the Peyton Manning of like this era to me with all the talent in the world. He could do all the passes. I mean, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, he's going to end up being, but Joe Burrow to me is that Tom Brady. I know he hasn't had a Super Bowl ring yet, but to go to that franchise, the Bengals franchise, that was never a winning organization. And just to turn them into upside down, complete winners. uh, He has that, that Tom Brady demeanor to him. And I think he just trumps, uh, I mean, I think that gives the Cincinnati the advantage going into this weekend. It's funny to say that against Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes is as great as he is, too, but I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I like I like the Bengals. I like the Bengals this weekend. Yeah, I, I do, too. And the Bengals beat them there last year, right, um, right. in Kansas City in the championship game. Um, and, you know, I'll say this about the Niners, too. The thing is they have some experience in this game, right? They, they were there last year. They lost. They were there two years ago. They won. Now the teams are different, but – the changeover between last year and this year with the 49ers, except the quarterback hasn't been as great. I don't think as it has been with the Eagles from year to year. So um, that that's the one concern I have about this is that NFC championship game experience this team brings uh, into this game. Um, But that was against the Rams, a team they were familiar with too, you know, from playing each other twice in a season. So they don't have that familiarity. They're traveling all the way across the country. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think they'll play the, I think they'll play the, I would love to see it be the chiefs. I'd love to see Reed and, you know, try to win another Super Bowl against his former team. And, um, that'd be a, a whole lot of fun. That'd be a huge, yeah. That'd be yeah. a weak line of storylines right there. Yeah. It would have been just like playing the Cowboys in the NFC championship game this week. Had the Cowboys found a way to win. Everybody wanted to kind of see that. I think, um, it, that's kind of what it would be like to play Andy Reed to try to win your second Super Bowl against your former coach from four. 14 years or however long he was here. Yeah, 14 years. That would be incredible. Yeah. We'll see. We'll find out yep. soon. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you guys at the beginning of the week to recap the NFC Championship game. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a potential Super Bowl visit for the Philadelphia Eagles. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate it so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.